blessing. That said, we are in Daniel chapter 12, speaking about the end times. And here we are at the end of the year. The year is closing out fast. And none of us know how fast our lives are closing out, do we? We could step into eternity at any moment. We need to think about that and consider where we stand with the only one who can help us when it comes time to meet the living God. Of course, I'm talking about Jesus. But in Daniel 12, we're only going to read four verses this morning as we look at four groups of people. So Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And I encourage you when you find that to stand in our God's honor as I read the text aloud. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Let's pray. God, we come as beggars looking for food. We come as weak looking for strength. We come as sinners seeking a Savior. We come because we know you are gracious. And Father, we ask that you continue to lift our hearts upward to you. Because we're not here to impress one another. We're not here simply to see each other, although that is a joy. Our primary purpose is to come together and corporately seek you in worship. And I just pray that that would continue. Thank you that we've been able to do that thus far. And may it not stop at this time, Lord. Open your word to us that we may hear from you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, as you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, I don't know how many of you have read that book. Boy, it it just speaks to the heart of today. I see so many people out there who are struggling who can't seem to find any kind of peace, who are unhappy and miserable. And uh, I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I saw this young couple, and I don't know what was going on in their lives, but it just struck me as, as I looked at her for a moment. I looked at her eyes, and I thought, she looks so unhappy. And you know, as you go through the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, in the King James, it says, vanity of vanities. In the NIV, it says, Meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And and there's this picture throughout that book that, you know, they try everything. Work and, and sleep and, and relationships and, and on and on. And, and, and over and over again, he says, where's the meaning? What's, what's this about? What's life really mean? And then it comes to the end of the book, the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes. And he said, here it is. Here's the meaning of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. And then he goes on and he says, God will judge us. He's going to bring to light what is hidden, 
what is secret will be made known. Now that's a scary thought. If if we just end it, how good we are at keeping his commands and following him. And when we're honest before a holy God, that's scary stuff. It's intimidating. As we look at these four groups of people, we see people who have come to God humbly, who have sought him and have found someone who loves them, someone who supplies meaning. So let's, with that said, let's jump into the text and let's look at this. Uh, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. Michael, the angel, described as the archangel in the New Testament, his name means, who is like God? So here is this angel, this messenger, this ambassador for God, whose very name means, who is like God? And he appears to protect the people. And and, and what is it for an angel to bring protection? I mean, they are so powerful and, and so amazing. In creation. And yet he was having a struggle here. Why was there a struggle? Well in looking at that. We need to look at the setting. As this scripture speaks of the end times. And it talks about what we know is the great tribulation. Has that time where there is suffering among God's people. And those who are seeking to follow God. And to be faithful to Jesus Christ. Look what it says as it goes on. It says there will be a time of distress. Such as. Not happen from the beginning of nations until then. As we think about how much suffering there's been in history. I, I've gotten into, you know, I had a friend of mine said in the old days we were bookworms. And then we became tapeworms. And then, that's hard to go on with analogies, CD worms or whatever. Now I think we're all uh, pod worms, whatever that is. Uh, as I've started listening to podcasts. And I remember this one of the things that was talking about some of the suffering tactics in medieval times. I thought, ow, that's bad stuff. But it says here that there will be a type of suffering that has not been experienced. That will occur in, in those end times. And Michael is there and he's in the midst to bring some kind of protection in this great distress and this powerful suffering. And then he mentions these four groups of people which are significant that we want to look at. And uh, turn over to Revelation 20. We're going to be bouncing back and forth between Revelation 20 and these four verses and Daniel 12 because uh, Revelation 20 is helpful in interpreting Daniel 12, as, uh, as we learn from the, the scripture, the revelation of scripture. The first group of people, notice it says, but at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Um, so what are we talking about here? What book? What people? Well, Revelation 20, and we'll see what Scripture has to say. Uh, He says, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. And then it talks about how Satan is bound. But I want to come down and focus on 12 to 15 of Revelation 20. Look at that as it describes this book. 
He says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. So there were multiple books that were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This description in Daniel 12 verse 1. It's talking about this book of life. You see, there are books where there is recorded our lives. The the details of our lives. The the times we did what was right. The times we did what was wrong. The happy times, the sad times, our experiences. But then it speaks specifically about this book of life. Where your name is written, there is life. And otherwise there is not life. Which means you are... Thrown out from the presence of God for all time, for all eternity. Unless your name is written in this book. It says in 1 John 5.12, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. This is talking about the people whose names are written in the book of life with the blood of Christ. It's the person who's come to that understanding that, Hey, I, I messed up. I'm a sinner. I need help. And there is help. It's a Savior. It's one Jesus Christ. And at the moment we come to grips with the fact that we are sinners who need a Savior. And we say, God, here I am, warts and all. I'm coming clean before you. Forgive me. Enter my life. Give me a new start. My name's written right down there in the book. And this is all the people through all of time who have turned to God, who have humbled themselves before God and said, help me, forgive me. Your name's written in that book. Isn't it great that God doesn't forget? Sometimes I lose my keys. Sometimes I lose my wallet. Sometimes I think I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. Man, I saw a thing at Sears the other day, one of those things, you put it on your keys and you press a button and your keys make a noise so you can find your keys. I struggled with that. I thought, boy, I didn't. Okay, I'll move on from there. I don't want to get off too much time there. The point is God doesn't forget. When you trust Him, it's not how hard you hang on to Him. It's the fact that He promises to hold on to you. When your name's written in that book. So that, that's the first one. Let's uh, move on to the second one here and. Verse 2, it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. This phrase, dust of the earth, dust of the ground, metaphorical saying for holding place of the dead. When we fall asleep and we go through death, Death is not the end. It's not all there is. And the scripture talks about a coming resurrection. It it comes of the fact that we will all be raised. And, And thus the first verse talks about those who are still 
living. This verse talks about those who have died and will live again. These multitudes. And turn back with me to Revelation 20. And we're going to interpret from there. Um, uh, as he talks about these, he says, um, verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This was the first resurrection. So we have a description of resurrection in these verses. Those that were in the holding place of the dead, they'll be raised. Now, we know from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that in the twinkling of an eye, there will be that trumpet blast as Jesus comes back and those in the church will be raised to meet him. Those who have fallen asleep will meet those who are still alive as they enter into his presence and into glory as he will return of the church. Here there is a description at this time of those who, after that event, who had come to Christ, who had followed Christ, who had lost their lives, many of them, as they will be raised. And then in verse 5, it talks about those who, before Acts 2, those in the Old Covenant, those who in the Old Testament, who also after that thousand year reign will be resurrected. This is the group of people where there's resurrection. And there's one more section of people. Not just those who are followers of Christ, but those who have rejected Christ. Those who have rejected God, there'll be resurrection and judgment for them as well. There's no such thing as laying in the ground for all eternity. We will all face the living God. Notice it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some everlasting life. Others, look what they face. They face shame and everlasting contempt. Now, let's look at this third group. Verse 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Those who are wise. Now, it's interesting. You know, we added the chapters and the verses later uh, when, of course, books of the Bible were written, they didn't have uh, these devices, but they're so helpful. And I don't know how we'd find anything without the chapters and the verses. It's a great blessing. But in the time this was written, there were no breaks. So chapter 11, chapter 12 flowed together. Um, and this actually is the same word that's used in verses 33 and 35 of chapter 11, the word wise. And, and, and notice there, uh, verse 33, it says, Those who are wise will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by the sword or be burned or captured or plundered. That's the same word for wise. These were people in that great tribulation time who are faithfully living for Jesus Christ, who have a hunger for God and for His Word, and you just want to be around them because they lead Jesus, because there's that precious Presence of God in their lives. 
in their wise. You know, I always said wisdom is simply the application of spiritual knowledge. It's one thing to know it. It's something else to live it. You know, where it leaks out. These are people, they're the real deal. And, and there'll be such an encouragement. Such wisdom will flow from their lives because they're real. They're genuine. And people who are hurting, people who are suffering, people who are struggling, they'll look to these people who are wise and they'll draw strength. Think about believers you know now who, you know, are just such a, man, they're just such an inspiration. Multiply this suffering and how precious these people will be. But notice some of them, some of them become martyrs. They're, they're captured, they're plundered, some burned, fall by the sword. Uh, verse 35, some of the wise will stumble so they may be refined, purified, made spotless until the time of the end, for it will still come. At the appointed time. The wise will. Look. Walking with God. Is not. Um, growing. Merely from. Suffering. But through suffering. He works. Through that suffering. To bring glory to himself. And to shine brightly in lives. And that's what's going to occur here. In this group of people. Back. Revelation 20. Um, in verse 4 he says I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God man what a sight that will be at the time of the reign of Jesus and there will be that side of those who were beheaded for Christ you know what I thought of I know this isn't the time of the tribulation but I thought of those teenagers not too long ago, a couple of months ago, who were beheaded simply because they said, I love Jesus. There is an honor that occurs. Listen to this. This is Psalm 116, 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Being faithful in the power of God is precious to God. And there will be that time... I like to think not only those in, in, you know, that made it through that tribulation time, but all of those who were faithful to the end and, and gave their lives to the end. I think there's going to be a special recognition. You know, um, back to Daniel 12, as it talks about, uh, as it talks about that in, in verse 3, it says, they'll shine like the brightness of the heavens. I think that'll be the recognition. There'll be a brightness because, man, you walked with Jesus. You made it where you thought you never could. And that's the power of God. And what a blessing that'll be. I know i got one more to cover here, so let's jump on it. Those who lead many to righteousness. Uh, look at the end of verse 3. He says, And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I, I thought of Proverbs eleven twenty that says, um, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. Now here's how it says in the paragraph uh, Amplified Bible. <laughs> the fruit of the uncompromisingly righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise captures human lives for God as a fisher of men. He gathers and receives them for eternity. So what is, what is the picture here? Those who lead many to righteousness. They're people that God gives this incredible courage. In the midst of death and suffering. To boldly live for Jesus. To boldly say, I'm not just a moral person. 
I've been forgiven by Jesus and His death on the cross. And He is the resurrected living Lord to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God that Jesus is Lord. That's, that's, that's who He is. And, and these people, many of them, they'll lose their lives. That, a, a verse here, Hebrews 6.10 is a great verse. If you're looking for a memory verse, this one's pretty good. I want to consider it. He says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. God does not forget love that is poured out to him by loving his people. That's a work that is not fruitless. Sometimes it may feel that way. But God doesn't forget it. God knows it and he remembers it. When you provide help to his children, he remembers. It's a blessing um, before him. All right. uh, As we close this up in verse 4, he says, You, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And this word increase literally means to dig deeply. So it's a picture of many will search Dig deeply for understanding a prophecy. What does this mean? Because it's so hard to understand. And, and so many will go on this great search to get answers to prophecy and what will occur. And it's really interesting. As you look at prophecy, uh, most people who study deeply, they use the book of Daniel from the Old Testament and the book of Revelation together in bringing forth understanding and, and, and deeper meaning of those end times and what will approach. It's, Daniel could not have understood the magnitude of the words that God was giving to him at the time that these words were pinned down, uh, that they were recorded. But God had, had a purpose and he, and he had a plan. And, and I believe those end times was to that time where the book of Revelation was revealed to us so that an understanding that we could dig deeply, whereas before we couldn't dig as deep. All right, three thoughts, and I'm closed. The end. Say, yay. Thank you, Pastor. First thought man honors famous people and soon forgets them. We love to honor those people who accomplish, but then we can't remember. Everybody here knows I'm a big Duke fan. I suffered three and a half hours yesterday and watched them lose in the last minute. But, okay, enough of that. As big a Duke fan as I am, and I especially love basketball, which means I only have to really remember five people who start. But if I go back five years ago, I can't remember the five people that started for them, even though I'm a fanatic, a nut about it. Now, at football, it's got to be even worse. you got 22, 11 on each side. Can you even know, do you even know this year who they are? If you remember them, can you remember that many names? The point is, they can be famous one minute and we forget soon after that. But God, God doesn't forget. God is a God that says, uh, when I forgive their sins, I will remember them no more. I love that in Hebrews. What a wonderful promise that he provides. Second lesson, I've got three of these. Man gives his rewards now. God gives his later. Sometimes we get depressed and we don't see what we want to see and and we feel defeated. But let me tell you, this is not the end of the story. There's more to come. Praise be to God.
I love the story of Henry C. Morrison. He and his wife had served in Africa for over 40 years, and they were headed back to the States. And they were coming in on a huge ship from Africa, coming to port in New York City. And when they came uh, to the port, there was this huge crowd, and there was a band. And he thought, man, I didn't know anybody even knew I was coming. But what he didn't realize was President Teddy Roosevelt was also on the ship coming back from a hunting expedition in Africa. And the crowd was not there to see Henry and his wife. So they came off the ship and of course there was all this hoopla and no one noticed him. Certainly they noticed the president and his family. And then no one was there from his family. No one recognized him. And he, he went back with his wife to a motel where they were staying before they went, proceeded in their journey. And he said, honey, we served God for 40 years. And it hurts. You would have thought that someone would have said, thank you, Henry. Thank you for that service of 40 years. You, it just hurts so bad to come home and nobody say anything. And she whispered in his ear, Henry, I love you, and we're not home yet. Amen. We're not home yet, church. What a promise. All right, one more. Man's methods are always connected with time. God's are always connected with eternity. Um, As you enter the gates of the Cathedral of Milan... Uh, There are three gates that you walk through. The first, there's an inscription in marble under a beautiful flower bouquet that reads, The things that please are temporary. Then you walk further and there's another gate that has a big cross. And inscribed there, it says, The things that disturb us are temporary. Until you finally come to the final gate where the words are inscribed, Eternal are the important ones. You see, what pleases us for the moment and what hurts us now, that's not what ultimately is going to last. But what will last is Him. And when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, that is where you and I are headed. We're headed to Him. People can talk about exactly what heaven will be like and what will be there. But what matters most is He's there. You see? And um, that's where we're headed. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for a chance to come together, God. I, I pray that Your Holy Spirit is working in hearts, God. What do You want of us, Lord? I mean, You know us. We act like we're something. But You know what we are. You know who we are. You know what we need, a Savior. (laughs) And I pray this morning, if there's one here that has never said yes to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, maybe today's the time to get the name written in the book. And I, I pray, Father, for that to occur, for another name to be added to that book, Lord, where there's no erasers. (laughs) Father, do that work. Um, Father, however else you may want to work in us, the end time is coming, and things may seem meaningless to us, but the one thing that's not is we're headed toward you.
And we need to make sure, Father, that we are aware of that and whatever it means, uh, what direction we need to change in our thoughts or our actions or, you know, whatever, Lord. May we just say, uh, I need to do that to get ready and get it done, Lord. That you might work through us, God, because we want to be your light. We want to shine for you. So may you do that, Lord. That only comes when Jesus is, is shining in us, through us. So do that work. Father, as we stand, as we sing, may we come as you guide us, as you lead us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Stand.